Welcome to the PR Resolution Podcast. I'm your host, Stella Bales. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing experts in emerging areas of PR. We'll be taking those hot topics in public relations, dispelling any myths, breaking down the jargon, so you are completely clued up and ready to speak to your stakeholders by the time you reach the office. If you have any questions around the episode, please feel free to tweet me at Stella Bales. In this episode, I'm joined by Katie Payne. She's known in the industry as the queen of measurement. She's been leading the charge for social and PR measurement for almost 30 years, hence her title. Katie's an author. She consults organizations around the world on how to prove value in PR. She speaks at all of the important events, and she even hosts her own measurement event on her farm in New England in America, one that I'm going to be at next year. I managed to grab some time with Katie whilst we were both in Canada speaking at the PR measurement bootcamp. I really wanted to get her thoughts on where she thinks social media measurement's at. Katie shares her views on why she believes impressions are actually a misleading metric in measurement. She also shares how she thinks that brands should be measuring meaningful conversations with people. And also, and this is a big one for all of us, how you can attribute business impact from social media activity. Essentially, if you have social media in your campaigns this year, which who doesn't, this episode is gold dust for you. Here's Katie. Okay, thank you for joining me, Katie. We are, for the listeners, we are at the PR Measurement Boot Camp in Calgary, which we're very excited about. We're just about to kick off the day, but I have stolen Katie Payne, our queen of measurement and metrics, so we can do this quick podcast. Thanks for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I wanted to speak to you, Katie, about um, specifically today social media measurement big area and um, I know that you have written a lot about it in the past and so going straight into it do you think there is a silver bullet for social media measurement not one because everybody's got different goals and if you're doing social media to get exposure that would be a different silver bullet than if you're using social media for recruitment or to generate enthusiasm or opposition to a to a bill. There's all kinds of different reasons that people are using social media today. So there can't be one silver bullet. There may be a really good answer for a category of industry, but for the most part, no. Okay. That's quite interesting. You said that um, there could be similarities per industry. Have you seen examples of that? Well, I think in the in the cause related, shall we say, I mean, having having worked with a number of nonprofits, the measure of success for social media for ACLU and you know Planned Parenthood or or National Wildlife Federation, people like that, the goal is is essentially to get money in, to get engagement, to get people to sign petitions. So yeah, there's a there's a similarity, I guess, in in what you're measuring and what you're evaluating for those types of groups. And and you'll hear today, I'm doing a peer to peer workshop, and I've sort of orchestrated people in peer groups, and you'll see in those groups how different the goals will be and therefore how different the metrics are. I guess if you are working within that one organisation, being able to compare different campaigns is really important. So if you can have that continued similar metrics each each campaign is going to help sort of measure at the end of the year, I guess. Yeah, and the other thing is just the fact that for some groups, now this doesn't work obviously in the commercial sector, but for things like ACLU or public radio or anything, Goodwill is another good example, where you've got 
different organizations with the same goals. If you can compare results between your, you know, your, from between your peers in New England and your peers in Philadelphia, whatever, that is a very useful um, metric because it gives you some sense of how you're doing relative to people that are pretty similar to you. Diving into the detail of measurement, um, I have read one of your blog posts in the past where you have said that look at, looking at impressions across social media platforms and within campaigns can potentially be misleading. Can you give us a bit more information about that? Because that's definitely a metric that I see time and time again in, in reports. Have you heard about the 2016 election? Um, robots, you know, Russian bots, whether they're Russian or Saudi or whoever, Chinese, there are orchestrated campaigns run by sometimes real people and sometimes computers to flood the social media networks with comments that are either completely fake or untrue or semi-true or whatever. We've done studies where 40% of all posts that around a particular subject are fake or made up or they all come from accounts that were created the same day and then they all disappear a week later. So I my guess would be somewhere around 50% of all quote-unquote social media impressions are irrelevant. And the point is, is the fact that nobody needs to reach a trillion people. I don't care what your business is. And especially given the fact that there's only 7 billion people on the planet and most of them don't care about what you have to sell, you really don't need a million of anything, really. What you really need is you need to focus on the influencers, the social media people that are influencing your markets, that are influencing your sales or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And, and count them and see what percentage of those influencers you've reached and what percentage of all the stuff out there hits those influential people or hits your target audience. But these big numbers for impressions are just highly suspicious. And frankly, I've talked to dozens of CMOs and CEOs and people like that, and they don't believe any of them. So why put a number out there that is inherently going to decrease your credibility? So it's quite similar when we, uh, within communications, are looking at sort of big monthly traffic figures. It's kind of irrelevant to to the piece of coverage that you might have got within yeah. deep, deep within that site. Yeah, yeah. very similar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we should have the same the same kind of mentality when it comes to social. So I know that you have looked at a bespoke engagement index. What kinds of metrics do you recommend to be in that kind of thing? Well, creating a bespoke engagement index is a process that really has to start with you, your leadership team, possibly your marketing and advertising team, your sales team. The point is, what makes people interested in your product? What makes people prefer your brand over something else or consider your product over something else? What are those things that drive revenue in your organization? And even if it's if it's a nonprofit, what drives people to donate? And you start there and you say, okay, when I'm looking at my social media, how much of my social media contains those things? And right here in Calgary, there's a wonderful organization called Travel Alberta. And they know statistically that what drives people to Alberta is a 
photograph of something lovely and pretty and perhaps a ski slope or good food or whatever. And that it has to contain a signature experience like local beers or local food or whatever. So they have their signature experiences, desirable photographs, has to leave people more likely to visit. And then there's the opposite side which is what leaves people less likely to visit. And, you know, undesirable photographs like big pictures of oil shales and, you know, stuff like that. So they, they created this index based on what makes people want to visit Alberta. And they code their social media and their traditional media for those elements, and that's their their specific index. Now, it might be very – and actually, you've got Visit Philadelphia here, and they have a fairly similar system – but you might be something very different for a government agency where what you're really trying to do is persuade people to behave in a way. So it may only be about the messages, but it's all going to be specific to the goals that you're trying to accomplish. That level of coding, um, is that a manual process? It's a combined process. You can't just trust a computer to do it because computers can be incredibly stupid. <laughs> and it's all dependent upon how well that computer is taught. I mean, it's the, it's the quality of your Boolean, it's the quality of your search strings, it's the quality of all of those things, but it has to be checked. So a lot of it can be done automatically, at least with the really sophisticated AI systems that are starting to really be on the market these days. Those systems can do that, especially if you've got human coding from which it can learn. So if you've got a whole bunch of human coding, you can feed that into a computer. It can learn what you mean. It still needs to be checked. Mm. Um, do you find, uh, well, sorry, going back to the tools that you could potentially use, you used an example of images that are positive, images that could be negative to get across that message. Are there any tools that you can recommend for that particular example that where you can it can scan those images? Well, That's both, something that I've found difficult in the well, past. Well, both Susan and TalkWalker are identifying images now. And whether they can take it to the next level of desirable or undesirable, it's sort of, I don't know, is the answer to that one. However, if you're looking at a thousand clips and you've got a hundred of them tagged for an image, it's a lot easier to have a human go in there and tag a hundred items for an image, desirable or undesirable, than it is to have a human being go through a thousand items to figure out whether there's an image in it or not. So you that's where I say it's all sort of semi-human, semi-automatic, because you're going to get much more efficiency out of your humans because you're using AI and because you're using image tracking. With that kind of uh, level of measurement, is it possible to get to proving business goals? Like how do you get from sort of the coding to then proving that there's had an impact on that business? Well, it, it sometimes goes back to your index. Um, it always goes back to what I call like an acceptable proxy because no, no chief financial officer or CEO or board or leadership team is going to say, because you put out this tweet, very rarely is that going to directly translate into revenue or some form of ROI. What you have to say is, look, at what's, what do you, in your mind, what do you see as the path to purchase? And I'll go back to Travel Alberta and this wonderful guy who basically gave me this idea. They know from their advertising, from their paid advertising research over the years, they know that these are the things that make people consider visiting Alberta. And I said, okay, so how do you know they're interested? 
And he said, well, they, you know, they call us up, they come to our website, whatever. I said, great. So is a visit to your website where you download the visitor guide or a phone call or whatever it is, some kind of direct intergame, is that an acceptable proxy for consideration and preference? Yes. Okay, you've got your acceptable proxy. And so now you can say, look it, I'm not claiming direct revenue, I'm claiming this contribution to revenue, and you agreed that this was an acceptable proxy, but you've got to get leadership to agree on what that acceptable proxy is. So for that particular example, just again, get into the detail, because uh, people like to, I know that my yeah. listeners like to get practical with these things. Are you looking at click-throughs from those tweets? Are you looking at analytics to see yeah. where the click-throughs Absolutely. came from? Absolutely, you're using, you're using frequently, frequently, frequently these days, what you're looking for is click-throughs. You're looking at your web analytics to say, okay, A, did they click through to a convertible goal, right? I mean, whether it's the website or whatever, and, you know, perhaps it's did they watch 50% or more of a video or how much time did they spend on there? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation about what are the indicators that are acceptable to senior leadership. Okay, so there's, be, there's going to be levels of the, the content within the social post itself. You've used images as an example. Imagine key messages within the, the copy and then the next stage of whether they actually... yeah. I mean, a lot of it, too, is a lot of industries, particularly travel, but health and beauty to a certain extent, heavily, heavily dependent or, or heavily influenced by authority. You know, some... I hate to use the word influencer because it's got such bad connotations these days, but the idea of an authority... So, for instance, I work with a hospital, and... If you ask anybody who works in the healthcare business, why do they go to a particular hospital? It's because their doctor or family or friends recommended it. Well, then you say, well, what's the second reason that your research shows? And the second reason is, I read something about a doctor who knows my disease. And so you say, okay, so if that doctor is quoted in your social media post or your traditional media post, whatever it happens to be, if that doctor is quoted as an authority figure, do you think that's influential on somebody's decision? And for the most part, they will nod their heads and say yes. You say, okay, so if this stuff contains a quote from this person, that counts as increasing preference. So there's a lot of setup at the beginning that we that needs Huge to happen. Huge amounts of setup in the beginning. And this is where people think that they could just, you know, buy Cision, turn it on, or buy Agility PR, turn it on, buy Coverage Book and turn it on. And, and have all the answers. It doesn't work that way. And that's the reason why so many chief financial officers and chief marketing officers and CEOs believe that, that marketing doesn't effectively measure itself because they haven't gone through that setup to get buy-in up front. Do you believe that um, somebody who is running the campaign themselves, so actively running the communications, working with the influencers, do you think it should be that person that sets that up and pulls the insights, or do you think it should be a, a specific sort of data person, measurement person? My preference would be find somebody who understands data analysis and teach them about the campaign or teach them about PR. It's a lot easier than it is to teach PR people about data analytics. And today it really is. It's not enough to just say, okay, I've got this many clips. What you need to do is say, I got this many clips, we spent X, we got this much engagement, and therefore there's a correlation between X, Y, and Z. 
And I'll, and I'll give you the example, which is that PR people, for the most part, you know, they're focused on their media, right? So they're looking at their media coverage and it goes up or down or it does whatever it does. And, you know, and then there's some awful story. And so I work with public broadcasting and they did a very long campaign all year long on America's favorite novel, The Great American Read. And when it was all over and announced and it got huge amounts of coverage, Jimmy Kimmel decided, the late night comedian, decided to do a spoof on the whole thing, went out into the streets of New York, interviewed people, and, compl- and they basically they said, yeah, I'm just saying it's, you know, to kill a mockingbird because I haven't read any other books or I never read novels or whatever. So it basically trashed the whole concept. So the PR team was like, and the, and the analysts, the, my analysts were basically saying, oh, that's a negative article. It's awful. And I said, well, wait a minute. Who cares what you think? Let's see what people did with it. There was a 22% increase in unique new visitors to their website and unique new engagements in the 24-hour period after that aired. Now, is that a disaster? I don't think so. So that's why I don't think PR people should be in charge of data analytics. Interesting. One last question that I had, and it's, this is something big, uh, that's quite a hot topic for, for me and for a few of my team at, at Coverage Book, because uh, we have some of our customers getting in touch and asking about this. Now, it feels at the moment that, especially within fashion and sport, Instagram stories are, are hugely successful and seem to be having a benefit. However, the people that are running the campaigns are telling me that it's it's a gut feel because they can't get hold of any kind of metrics for Instagram stories. Have you come across any kind of experience well, there, with that? There, I mean, there are metrics. I mean, you can measure engagement on Instagram and you can certainly measure the, you know, the shares and the whatevers. I think the, the bigger question there is, is it worth the money? Right. Because I think when you're if you're the chief of financial officer, CEO or CMO, right, the person in charge of the budget and they're saying, okay, we're shilling out one hundred thousand dollars on an Instagram campaign or we could send, you know, put a thousand hundred thousand dollars into targeted advertising or email campaign or something else. Where do we get the most leads or where do we get the most business? And the, the problem with Instagram and with all of this stuff is just the fact that if you don't include the, the what did it cost piece and, you know, the time it takes. I've talked to people who basically are spending an inordinate amount of time babysitting Instagram influencers. Never mind the money. They, they, it just takes a lot of time. Well, that's resource allocation that maybe could be spent better, some, better spent somewhere else. So what you really need to do is you need to look at the resources the results, whatever you agree on the desired results are, and then compare it to other forms of marketing. It's that comparison game, then being able to have metrics that you can compare across those different areas, isn't it? Well, it's really about what the expectation is, right? So PR, let's just say for, you know, since we're at a PR measurement conference, let's just say PR people are like, I, I have a good story, I get it out there, it's all about the exposure. And that's my definition of success. And it may be way more successful than a paid influencer campaign. But they don't know that because they don't know what somebody up above them is looking at. And they're going to, somebody up above them, I mean, it's, it's going to look at, okay, I got this much, spent this much, I got this. And the, the best one is travel and tourism in, in Atlantic City. And 
Jeff, Kevin Lazard is here to speak, and his boss said to me, you know, called me 7.30 at night on a Friday night, and he said, Katie, I've just got to, you've got to be the first one to hear this. They just canned the, you know, the executive director. They fired all the ad agencies. They canned the entire paid media campaign. They cut everything down to bare bones, and the only thing that survived was the PR campaign, and the reason for that was because of our measurement program. So wow. that, to me, is like the ultimate story that says somebody looked at this big spend and said the single most effective thing we can do is PR. So let's keep it. Is that case study out there? Yeah. Anyway, it is. It's in books. It's everywhere. Okay, I've, I've used great. it a lot. Yeah. Okay, we need to see to that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of example that we all need. That's perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, it's really, really You're useful. Um, quick fire questions about social media measurement. And I know it's going to be really useful to the listeners. So, I hope so. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you for doing it. This is the PR Resolution Podcast. Keep in touch by following me on Twitter at Stella Bales. For more reading on PR, head to blog.coveragebook.com. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode and make sure you subscribe to the series on iTunes now. See you there.